Welcome to the Bedford First Assembly of God podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We'd love to hear what God is doing through this ministry. If you have a story to share, send us an email at connect at bedfordfirstag.org. Also, feel free to visit our website at bedfordfirstag.org. You can view the live stream of our services and find out more about our church. Thanks for listening. Next week is going to be uh, Palm Sunday, and I'll be ministering on Palm Sunday. And then the next week is Easter, and our brand new pastors are going to be here. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. It is going to be a great, great time, and uh, we're looking forward to that. Praise the Lord. And uh, so today, as far as I'm concerned, is sort of my uh, sermon to sort of share with you the last thoughts that I have, because next week I'll be ministering on uh, Palm Sunday, of course. Uh, So today I'd like to just tell you some things that I want to see the church do and accomplish. Uh, Again, the board... uh, has been incredibly, incredibly proficient at, down through uh, the four months that I've been here. They've been keeping things running, uh, keeping things going. And so, again, they've been doing a great job. If you happen to see the board from time to time, give them a slap on the back. Not too hard. Don't sting them. Uh, but give them a slap on the back and tell them how much you appreciate what they have done in the interim. Uh, and I just appreciated the board uh, whenever they had a need of an interim pastor turning and asking me to, uh, to fill in. Uh, it is an honor uh, to have uh, preached to you, to be here with you. And uh, again, I'll be around, so I'll still be bugging you. But uh, it's been an honor, amen, to be here and to preach to you. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, you know, it's a... It's going to be great, amen, and I believe that with all my heart. Uh, we need to start anticipating what God is going to do, and uh, so today I'm going to t- I'm, I want to speak to you about the work of visionaries. How many things you're a, a visionary this morning? Anybody here would claim yourself a visionary? A few people. How many would say, I don't think so at all? <laughs> okay. No, you don't have to do that. Amen. Visionaries. Visionaries have that ability to... Look uh, forward at past the tomorrow and see what's might going to happen. Uh, and today we're going to be going to John chapter 9, 1 through 7. And uh, two groups of people, well actually Jesus and a group of people, are looking at the very exact same uh, thing. And uh, both of them come to different conclusions. So again, John chapter 9 Uh, Verse 1, and he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, this is the gross part. uh, (laughs) Jesus spits on the ground, uh, makes a mud puddle or mud ball from his spit and the dirt. Ugh. 
puts it in the guy's eyes. How many wants that kind of miracle? Yeah. And tells him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And so he runs off and, and washes in the pool of Siloam and comes seen. Again, if you go on down through that scripture, you find out that people that knew him, uh, his neighbors, his friends were going, is this the guy or not? I don't know if this is really the guy uh, or is he not the guy? And he just looks at you like that guy. And the guy kept saying, no, it's me. Here's what Jesus said to do. And, and uh, all that thing happened. So again, the, you know, there's a difference between visionaries and reactionaries. And uh, I think that reactionaries are more common than visionaries. Uh, you say, well, what, is, what do you consider a reactionary? People are sometimes threatened by vision because they, ha they don't have the ability to see God at work. Uh, you know, I've said for years and years and years that uh, sometimes you could, you could have somebody die in your service, you could raise them from the dead, and the people that would leave someone would say, oh, that was an okay service. Yeah, well, not much happened today, you know. Oh, yeah, person got raised from the dead, no big deal. Reactionaries always respond to something, uh, not always in a very positive way. They are threatened by the power of God because they want their world to stay the same instead of being changed. Oh, aren't you in for something? Aren't you in for something? Come a, a couple weeks from now. You say a negative thing, a posit oh, positive things. Let me, let me give you, I, I don't know if he's, he's see, they would listen to the, my sermons, so I'll step out of the camera view. No. And I will tell you that Pastor Chris and Amy are not perfect. Go ahead and say amen. They're not perfect, but they are the man and women, a woman of God for this church starting in Easter. They are the one. Yes, give the Lord a hand for that. And so they will change your life. They will change your life. I, every single pastor that ever steps into the leadership of a church changes the trajectory of the church that they're pastoring. You say because they want to or they hated what was happening? No, it's just because they are who they are. Whenever I came here as your pastor almost 30 years ago, I know I, don't, I just barely look 30. But anyway, whenever I came here about 30 years ago, I wasn't trying to change anything. I just did because that's who I was. And whenever Chris and Amy get here, they're going to lead in the path not to, not to destroy the past or not to harm this or harm that. They're just going to be hearing from God and, and, and being directed by God to go somewhere. And I hope and I pray that every single one of us is on board with that vision because it will change the church. It will change lives. His personality is different than mine and, and Bill's. And you go on back and back and back. It's different than everybody's. Uh, and that's not good or bad. It's not. And so when, whenever we are threatened by the power of God because we believe that uh, our world is going to be changed in some way, uh, we, need to, we need to get some prayer going on. And we need to say, Lord, no, I, I want your will to be done and your purpose and your plan to be done and jump in and do that. 
Reactionaries do not see what needs to be done. Their eyes are on their selves. If you're here today and you're always worried, well, Pastor Chris and Amy, they get here, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, my goodness, how's it going to affect me? Stop being self-centered and and be a group-centered person. What is God going to do through them for the benefit of this body? Sometimes I've even seen reactionaries like to manipulate people into believing that God's not doing anything. Let me tell you today, I don't know how many people we have here or whatever, but, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to get uh, us, uh, 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 greeters and, and the deal there. There's, there's a thing in the paper about needing uh, uh, nursery workers. Uh, this was the first time that the lights went dark, and I was going, well, where is everybody? Something different, something new. It doesn't really matter one way or the other. But you come to this place, you say, I, I, I don't want to look at myself. I want to look at what God is doing and, and, and what other people might need. I've told you over and over and over and over and over and over and over again since I've been here that, uh, that my parents raised me up to do what? Not to go to church saying I'm going to be ministered to, but to go to church to minister to someone else. That's what, that's what happened all of my life. And so whenever uh, uh, negative things would happen, whenever tough things would happen, whenever, uh, you know, uh, things were just like I wanted to shake it, I knew without a shadow of a doubt I needed to stick in there, uh, serve God, do what I needed to do, give my part of this to the, to the Lord, and I was not intimidated by change. And I'm not going to manipulate any of you into believing that God's not doing anything. Today, God has done something. You say, well, I've been sitting here, and I don't really sense the Lord. Let me see if I can pull out a scripture. I know it's in the Bible somewhere. Uh, it's there somewhere where two or three agree, where, where two or three are together. Where two, it only takes two or three to do about anything. But whenever two or three are gathered together in his name, what? He is there in the midst of them. God was here today doing something, and if you didn't feel it or know it, maybe you need to fix your knower and fix your feeler. God is an amazing God, and he has got a plan that's going to blow our minds. You say, Pastor, you keep saying that? You're just making this up. No, I am not. God is in the house. How many believes that? God is in the house. I've even seen people re, uh, uh, object to other people being blessed and other people doing great things for God because, oh, we, we've never, you know, that, that old adage, we've never done it that way before. This church has been through enough change that it should be used to uh, some change from time to time. Change is not bad. The old adage, the only person that loves change is a wet, wet baby. I don't know. I love, I love some change from time to time. I love, uh, I love to do, as a matter of fact, uh, when we go on vacation, uh, uh, we, we, the family a lot of times will go to uh, churches here and there. And, and what I love to do is go in and see what is different. Not from a negative standpoint, but from a positive. What are they doing here that I really like? Uh, uh, I would send Jessica when she was little around to get all the uh, mailings and all, all of the bulletins out of the, out of the church to see what was going on. Why? Because visionaries and people that want to see the future come to that place where they're interested in what God is doing.
I've seen reactionary people, they disregard their own sin and pretend like they're just, they're just good people and, and they look down on other people. This portion of Scripture that I just read to you, Jesus is walking along with his disciples. Runs across the guy that's been blind from birth. And right off the bat, right off the bat, there's two scenarios that are taking place here. The disciples look and they say, oh, let me see. This is a, uh, we, we need to figure this out theologically. Uh, who sinned, God? You know, the, the parents, the guy, you know, what, what's going on here? And Jesus is pounding his head going, oh, you are, you are idiots. You're just idiots, guys. Come on. Nobody sinned here that this, was, this happened. What did Jesus say? This happened so the glory of God in his life may be manifest. And so they were looking at the very exact same uh, situation and, and story. They come into two completely total different uh, uh, realizations or thought processes. It is amazing that reactionaries just can't seem to get it together. They're always reacting to things instead of having vision for things. Now, when Chris and Amy get here, they're going to provide uh, a big vision. Uh, but in the scope of that big vision uh, is going to be you and you and you and you seeing where you fit into that big vision and going forward with it. And you can say, all you want to say is, oh, well, I don't like that. I didn't think that. Now, why don't you, why don't you just jump on board and see what God will do? It is amazing. Uh, if you go through the Word of God from here and there, just, uh, just Matthew 16, 11, and 12, you don't have to turn there. But uh, Jesus was telling the disciples to be careful of the uh, yeast, the leaven uh, of, the, uh, of the Pharisees and scribes. And they thought he was talking about bread. Dudes. And so in, in Matthew 16, 11, 12, he says, How is it that you under, don't understand that I'm not talking about bread? These guys, that, you know, they, they were so messed up in their minds uh, quite often in their spirit. Jesus is talking about leaven. Boom, food. Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, there it is. Well, it's, he's talking about bread. And Jesus goes on to say, I'm talking about the teachings of the Pharisees and Sadducees infecting your life and destroying your life because it's the wrong teachings. And here Jesus, all through his life with these, with these guys, uh, always had to re-explain himself. Uh, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this. They come to a guy that, that is blind from birth, and, and somehow it has to be sin in somebody's life. And Jesus says, oh, no, no, no. This is all done. For the glory of God. Easter Sunday morning, they're here and it is for the glory of God. You say, seriously? We've had pastors down through the years. I was sent here for a purpose. Pastor Bill was sent here for a purpose. Now, Chris and Amy are coming for a purpose. And that purpose is to give you the will of God. Matter of fact, uh, let's talk about visionaries just for a little bit because I love visionaries. It is about training your eye to see the Lord. Because so many times life is filled with negatives, amen? Many times even churches are filled with negatives, I've said, and you've heard me say it over and over again, that you can get in as many fights in a church than you can in the local bar on a Friday night. 
It's just the truth of it. And especially if you, if you start getting into the deeper parts of the church, uh, you become a board member, you start working here, you start being involved in there, you become a Sunday school teacher, all of a sudden your feelings are hurt and your life is up, uprooted and somebody's done wrong to you and all these kind of things. And the, and the key is to turn your eyes on God. That's all it takes to turn your eyes upon the Lord of glory. And everything else starts to look really small in comparison. I have to tell you, down through my life, my, Jackie's right over there. She can testify to this. Down through our lives in church, there has been junk. <laughs> junk. I wish I could tell you that everything was rosy and peachy. But it's not always been. But you know what? I'm still here. Still preaching, still doing, still loving, still serving. Why? Because the junk of this world is not the point. The point is, do you see Jesus? And whenever the, he, uh, they start here as the new pastors, it's going to be important for you to see Jesus and to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Again, the disciples saw a man who had sinned. Jesus saw a man that needed help. And so he says, the blind is blind. We, and Jesus, it was sort of funny that Jesus agreed with all the disciples. Yeah, the guy's been blind since birth. How many could agree with that? The Bible tells us that. This guy's been, been born blind. He's been blind all of his life. But the reason why this is happening is so that God will get glory. Bernard Shaw, George Barnes Shaw, says this, some men see things as they uh, are and ask why. I dream things that never were and ask why not. I think that we should ask why not. Why can't we do what God has called us to do? Why can't we? And, and again, I'm not blowing a pipe dream. I'm telling you, this place can be filled with hungry hearts. It can be filled with hungry hearts. And some of you say, oh, I don't know. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. I'd dazzle you some more, but I won't. It is about seeing the Lord work in our church and in our people that are here to use the people that are here to do a great and marvelous work. Let me, let me just put it this way. I, I, your life, I think, is a stage for God to show who he is. I say that, God, that your life is a stage to where God shows off, if you let him. <laughs> One thing I have found out down through my years of pastoring is that unless God builds the church, we all labor in vain. So this is not about a man or a woman coming. It is about the will of God coming. Come on. It is about the will of God taking place. No one's better or worse than I am in pastoring this church. No one's a better or worse pastor or, or preacher than I am. 
But I want to tell you, it is the will of God that matters in the churches that we, we have here. And that is why, after all this time, four, five, six months, whatever it's been, that, that God is sending the man and the woman of God to do an incredible thing here in this church. And it's not because of them, but it's because of him. Our Lord and our Savior has a plan. You say, well, Pastor, are you a little sad about moving out of the way? Nah. I've been doing this for 40 years. I am looking forward to Chris and Amy coming and tearing this place up in a positive way. <laughs> I'm excited to see what God is going to speak to them and through them to be visionaries that you and I are going to have to say, I want to go with that vision. I want to go where they're going. Because, uh, you know, sometimes we, we see somebody leading and we go, well, I don't want to go there. Uh, you know. I want us to get on board and say, that is the plan of God for our lives, and I'm going to follow. Visionaries, wow. Our eyes are looking to God. The disciple has sinned, no. He's just waiting for God to do a miracle in so he can walk around tell what God has done. I don't think we fully understand the reasons why God does certain things that he does. Can you explain to me? I can't. God's plan and purposes are mysteries to me. I've told you about my life a little bit. We're here for about almost 15 years, and we leave and we go down to uh, south, uh, uh, go down to Texas. We're right outside of Houston, a place called Deer Park. You could get from Deer Park to the uh, to downtown Houston about a half hour, from Deer Park to the coast in about uh, 20 minutes, and so we were living in a really cool place down there. And the Lord told me one time in a in a message uh, that I was going to go to the south. And go to the west. That sounds to me like two moves. Go to the south, go to the west. But I'm standing in the uh, fellowship hall. I already told you this before, but I'm going to tell you again. I was standing in the fellowship hall with one of my board members. And it was really, really cold up here. And it was nice down there. And I hit the board member and I said, you know what? It's glad, I, I'm glad to be in the south. He says, oh, no, no, no. You're in the southwest. Went to the south, went to the, oh, ding, little ding took place over my head and I went I'm right where God told me I was supposed to be the will of God is amazing amazing it's incredible to see what God does and we don't even recognize it sometimes uh, and we just stand back in awe of what he has done and and, and these these guys needed to learn uh, you know to look to God and to understand the things of God my life and your life is a stage by which God can show off. This church, and again, I'm not elevating this church above any other church in town. There are some great churches doing some great work. I want every single one of them to be filled and overflowing. Amen? I want God to send a revival to every church there is in this area, but I don't want him to miss this one. Amen? Visionaries that work a little differently. How would you like to be Moses in the Red Sea? Wow. We can get across this? <laughs> I always, I always like Charlton Heston. His, you know, that pose and that 
you know, Ten Commandments, and the water parts, and it's really cool, and he walks across that way. Who would have ever thought? You're, you're stacked up there by the Red Sea. you got mountains on both sides. You have the army coming up behind you, and you said, God, this is really what you want? I mean, you're going to get us killed out here? You did this? And God's in heaven going, no, 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 no. I'm doing it for my glory. <laughs> Hang on there. I'm just doing this for my glory. Now, do the Charleston Heston do, Moses. And there it goes, and we walk across on dry ground. And then all of the armies of, uh, of Egypt are drowned in the same water that was rolled back. Why? God loves theatrics. <laughs> I've always thought he did. Uh, whenever I get to heaven, I'll know whether he likes theatrics or not, but I believe he does. You have Joshua and the Jericho. I mean, think about this. The, uh, the, 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 the priests were supposed to pick up the Ark of the Covenant. Now think about this, and you read your scriptures and make sure about this. They were supposed to walk out into the water, and it's that flood stage. And the back people, the back ones on the back of this, the, the priests, they had to get wet before anything happened. Read your word. So the front uh, priests may have been to their neck in water whenever the back priests finally hit the water. And these guys are treading out in the water holding this thing going, I don't see any movement yet. I don't see God doing anything yet. And then all of a sudden the back uh, uh, priest steps their foot in the water and boom, it, it just takes off and they walk across. You think, what happened? Well, the priests in front were terrified. They thought, man, I'm going to be swept away, and we're going to all die, and we're doing the will of God. How about Esther and the king? You know the story. Esther, you got to go in and talk to the king and save Israel. If I go in, he's going to kill me. I can't, you just can't walk into the king and say, hey, king, how are you doing today? Not possible. But you got to do it to save your people. And so she walks in not knowing what's going to happen. You, I'm over here, king. Yeah, what do you want? I'm here to save my people. And because of some bravery, because of some visionary uh, understanding of what God was doing, she saves her people. Jonah and the ark. How many would like to build a boat for 100 some years, 120 years? No snow, rain, you're looking like a fool. You're like a crazy guy out there building this and getting the uh, tar and, you know, this guy's nuts out there. But he said this is the will of God. He was a visionary. He could probably see the rain before it ever came. I can see this place filled before it's ever going to happen. I'm not no greater visionary than many of you, but I can see it filled right now. I can see people sitting all over this place. Why? Is it about ego? Is it about somehow, well, we, we, we have to have the biggest church in town? No! It's about utilizing what God has given to us. God, all those years ago, didn't say, okay, you know, build, build this kind of church, and, and I will leave it empty for most of its life. <laughs> That's not what God did. Some of you may say, well, you shouldn't have built to begin with. We did build it, and it was under the direction of God that we did it. I believe it with all my heart, even to this day. And so, he's not going to have us do something 
and not utilize it. It's a waste of his money, his money. It's a waste of his, his desire for a community. I believe that God is still not done filling this place. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Wow. Wow. We're going to celebrate his resurrection uh, in a couple weeks. The disciples, they were crazy half of their life. My wife always yells at me about talking about the disciples as being nuts. But they were. Oh, man. They really had some issues from time to time understanding what God was doing through Jesus. And, and they were trying to follow him, but they didn't really know. And then it is us today that we must take up our cross and follow the Lord. Isn't that amazing that the Lord has a cross for us? You say that's a very negative thought. No, no, no. A cross is, is nothing more than the thing that God has allowed you to do. If you're supposed to be a preacher, that's a cross. If you're a Sunday school teacher, uh, an usher, uh, a greeter, uh, uh, a sound person, uh, a video, uh, uh, taking my pictures on the camera, uh, that is a, a cross. It's a thing we are to do. And every one of us has got that. It is looking to God and saying, Lord, I do not want to just have faith in it. I just don't want to have vision because vision is not just seeing it. It's partnering with it. See, if you see this place full, then your job is to work in the, in the ideal that it will be full. And so what will that be? Uh, uh, see, sometime, somebody may come in and steal your seat. Now, I've been in churches where if you steal somebody's seat, you get drug out and thrown on the ground. That's my seat. I've been there for 30 years, uh, and you're not going to take my seat. Oh, good grief. There's kids running in the hallway. Well, they're brand new to church. They don't know any better. Take it easy. We, we look at our church and we go, let's be prepared for changes that's going to take place when God starts moving. Because your, your feathers may be ruffled occasionally. God's not intended to do that. But he's wanting you to step back and go, okay, my, my, my feathers are ruffled, but I'm going to look to God. I'm going to look to what he's doing. And all this other stuff it is not going to amount to a whole much of anything. On this uh, scripture that I just read to you, he says night is coming. So what that really means is missed opportunities might be a part of our lives. You say, What? Jesus is in that scripture I just read to you. He says to the disciples, I must do the work of God while it is day, because night is coming, and the opportunity to work has passed me by. Don't miss the opportunity. Can I encourage you not to miss the opportunity? I've seen people that try to ride the revival craze. You know, whatever church is happening, that's where they're going to go. And I've seen people like that come back to a church that I pastor or whatever. Oh, pastor, I, you know, I, I didn't know this was happening here. But they just ran around to all kinds of revivals instead of being where God told them to be. And they missed the opportunity. It was really, really, really funny. In our first pastorate, uh, uh, we, we started out with zero people. How would you like to preach to zero people? 
I've told you before, I said to Jackie, and, uh, you want me to preach anyway this morning? No, I've heard you. So we'd have prayer and go home. And so we went from that to 120 and 30 and 40 people and built. And uh, we had a, a guy that was just a grouchy guy. He was just an awful guy. And anyway, he was there when we were running 20 or 30 people. And, and finally, he wanted to go do something because this wasn't God. And he took off and went to a couple other places. And I remember the Sunday morning, he walks in the back door. I was on stage. And he doesn't have a seat to sit in because it's so full. It made me smile. Now, pastors can be vindictive too, you know. It made me smile because he had missed what God has been doing because he thought nothing was going to happen. God is up to something. And if I were you, I would be committed to being a part of what God is doing. Don't miss the opportunity. Thank you, Lord. There's a time element here. I think Jesus is coming. Anybody with me? I think the Lord's coming. I've heard it since I've been a baby, and I believe it's closer now than it's ever been before. There's no time, there's no time to look distracted, to look everywhere else but the Lord. There's no time to be hurt and problem and difficulties in the church and, oh, well, I'm not going to serve God because of this. And that. Someday we're going to stand before God. And someday well, you're going to have to give account of your life. Can you imagine standing before Jesus and Jesus says, hey, why didn't you serve me? You're a Christian, I know, but you, boy, you just didn't serve me. Oh, there's so many people mean to me. You think that's going to cut it in heaven? You think it's going to cut it before God? He'll pat you on the head, dry your tears, and pop you on the back of the head and say, you got to in heaven, but you better you know, go on in. But none of our excuses and none of our problems are going to amount to that other than he wants to heal it and direct it and guide it and bless it. You know, Man, the Lord's coming. This church needs to be powerful and full, not for numbers reasons, but for soul reasons. And God can do Amazing what he needs to do. Ah. Let's bow our heads. I have some more, but I'm going to stop right there. Father, we do love you. Father, we anticipate that in just a couple weeks, your will is going to roll into this place again with new leadership. Father, your will and your purpose is going to be established. Father, we pray for people that have a tough time with vision. We pray for people that have a tough time with change. Because, Lord, you're going to do some change. And, Lord God, you're going to bring about your will and your purpose. Father, allow this congregation to get on board, to follow your will through our new pastors. And, Father, that we would be flexible. Flexible to do what we need to do and should do. Flexible, Lord God, to be a part of something a little different from time to time. Father, this is such a wonderful church. And it's filled with wonderful people. And, Lord God, we thank you for them. 
Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, that they have given their life, given their money, their talent, their, uh, their energies to this church to build it. Father, reward them, Lord God, with your presence and your power to do amazing work in this place. Fathers, let us look unto you, our Savior and our Lord. Let us look unto you, Lord God, for direction and guidance. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord God. We give you praise, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. i like for my people to come for prayer, the elders. I just simply want today, again, four months ago when I got here, we prayed for people that had a challenge with change. Well, just because four months have changed doesn't mean you don't have, still have challenges. But if you're here today and you need prayer, because it's right around the corner, right around the corner, if you have a challenge and you need somebody to pray with you about, and it may have nothing to do with the church or change, maybe that you need healing in your body, you need a miracle to take place. God is a miracle worker. He wants to touch you, minister, meet every need you have. As the praise team sings this morning, I want you, if you have a need, I don't care what it's for, just to stand up and come. If you need Jesus as your personal Savior, you really need to come down here and experience salvation this morning. Anybody, very quickly, as the team uh, leads us in some worship. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're just going to wait on the Lord for a few minutes. Lord, we love you. Your glory, God is Anybody very quickly. Feel free, people. Amen. Your presence. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Anybody else have a need or just want to spend time before the Lord? It's okay. waiting in the presence of the Lord for a few moments. Thank you, Father. Holy 
quickly I'm going to close in prayer here in just a moment thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus praise the name of the Lord Father again we love you this morning thank you Lord God again for your word for your spirit your touch Lord God again minister to this people this morning bless them Lord God let them know how precious and wonderful they are And Lord God, we're going to give you thanks and praise and glory and honor for a bright and a wonderful future. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. If you're praying around the altars, pray as long as you like. Tell somebody you love them. Give somebody a handshake, a hug around the neck. If you're leaving today, God bless you.